Hello and welcome to this episode of The Insight, where we're discussing the SARS movement in Nigeria. I'm Michael McCabe, the CEO of Intelligence Fusion, and I'm joined today by Viraj Patney, our Senior Regional Analyst for Africa. If you like our content, then please like, share and subscribe. And if you want to participate in the conversation, you can add your comment in the comment section below. So, Viraj, starting off then, mm-hmm. um, what's been happening in Nigeria and, and kind of what has really um, caused this SARS movement to grow? Yeah, so over the last few weeks, uh, mainly since the first of, well, 3rd of October in Ugeli in Delta State, mm-hmm. where an individual shared a video on Twitter uh, alleging that uh, a man had been shot dead by a SARS officer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this individual later died and uh, allegedly the vehicle was taken from him. And uh, this is uh, the, the video that, you know, sort of circulated on Twitter, right. uh, gained a lot of attention uh, across Nigeria. And uh, this is what led to the protests that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And so can you show us the video? Yeah. So this is the video that was shared by the individual. And it shows this man, allegedly, he was shot dead and his vehicle was taken. Now... According to one of his earlier tweets, as, as you can see over here, it shows that uh, the incident occurred outside this hotel called the Wetland Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to confirm that, uh, there's a video over here uh, that we can see. That Just over here, you can see that it says the Wetland Hotel. Yeah. So this is how I geolocated it, you know, just to verify that it did occur at this location. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can see, there's a white Lexus over here as well. Uh and so he's actually filming in this video. Is that the police themselves? No, apparently it's this individual over here who tweeted it out. So this is, yeah, this is the video that caused, uh, you know, wide-scale uh, outrage. So initially this NSARS sort of uh, movement, uh, while it began in 2017, in recent weeks, we've seen how, uh, as this video was shared online and uh, local, you know, celebrities, activi- uh, activists as well, and also international, um, you know, influential figures, you know, such as uh, actors, musicians. Uh, as they shared this, uh, the movement sort of grew online. And what really caused it to sort of transform into a protest was mainly led by uh, local activists. So it was very decentralized in that mm-hmm. way. So we've seen... Um, movements grow across the world in relation to police brutality. Um, you know, the most obvious one being the George Floyd killing in the US. Um, so what was the the reaction of the police to this incident? And then also what was sort of the wider reaction from the Nigerian community? Yeah, so a week after uh, this incident, about a week after this incident, we saw uh, the protest began. But uh, I think it was on the 4th of October where the police uh, announced that they, they would sort of suspend patrols by the SARS unit and other tactical squads as well. And despite that announcement, uh, protests, you know, began, I think, on 7th or 8th of October in Lagos, mm-hmm. which I will just uh, show over here just by filtering. So just for the people who haven't seen our platform before, can you just explain what the different coloured icons represent as well as, I can see you've got open um, multiple tags there. Mm. Can you just explain also, you know, why we use tags at Intelligence Fusion and what it provides our users? Absolutely. So currently this map shows, uh, I filtered it for incidents after the 1st of October Mm -hmm. and it shows incidents uh, related to police violence, police killings, uh, 
before I move on to the other tags, uh, I'll show you sort of the reaction. Uh, so uh, th- these purple icons over here, uh, they occurred a lot later on, you know, when p- uh, protests became a lot more violent. So they're criminality. Yeah, so they are criminality. And uh, this yellow one over here uh, is assassination. Uh, I think it's just something that we use on the map. Uh, this is uh, where a police officer was killed. Right. So we just use this on the map just to show, you know, that uh, a significant uh, incident occurred over here. Mm-hmm. It's just easier, you know, to uh, visualize. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, uh, you know, it adds further context mm-hmm. to the icon set that we use. So mm-hmm. our users can really dig into things like, you know, police violence, attacks on police um, through our filtering system. Yeah. So initially, protests began around uh, the state secretariat, uh, just over here, and also around the police headquarters, headquarters in Lagos. Mm-hmm. And Which we've seen elsewhere with um, other protest movements mm. against police brutality, where you know their initial targets are you know, government buildings as well as police locations as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a similar case in other cities, such as Abuja. As you can see, most of the protests occurred in southern Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, now with the protests in Abuja, again, similarly around the force uh, headquarters and also around the National Assembly. Other locations include, you know, as, uh, you know, the days progressed, the weeks progressed, we saw uh, blockades being uh, mounted, you know, around strategic areas, you know, such as, uh, you know, roundabouts, such as the Burger roundabout in Abuja. So they're amending their tactics to actually then, what, attempt to sort of shut down the city, impact transport and logistics? Absolutely. I think it's just uh, an attempt by protesters to really uh, force authorities to, you know, uh, implement their demands Mm -hmm. or meet their demands. And uh, what happened was, is that uh, there was an escalation when unidentified individuals attacked uh, the NSARS protesters, you know, such as uh, this uh, incident right here. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was really the first escalation that caused, you know, violence and uh, a number of deaths. And there was a, uh, another escalation, really, when, uh, you know, police repression of protests, really, and uh, the Lekki Tollgate uh, shooting, <clears throat> where the army opened fire on uh, protesters in an attempt to sort of disperse them. And when did that occur? Uh, this occurred on the evening of the 20th of October. Right, so this yeah. is sort of two and a bit weeks after the initial yeah. incident occurred. So we've mm. so just kind of recap: we had the initial incident, which sort of um, caused outrage and um, really sort of escalated through social media mm. and people sort of sharing their um, thoughts and opinions on the SARS um, police unit. Um, you then had demonstrations in the capital of Abuja, mm. um, as well as in Lagos as well. Um, these targets sort of government buildings um, and then they sort of change their tactics to then block key transport and logistics nodes within the cities and then you've had an escalation when protesters have actually been attacked and then now this was another escalation sort of two and a half weeks later Mm. where the uh, military have have gotten involved yeah so yeah so after this really after the shooting uh, we saw unidentified individuals maybe not necessarily linked to the NSARS movement uh, they, you know, they, they launched a number of attacks on police officers or mm-hmm. police stations. So as you can see, all these, uh, all these, uh, you know, these type of icons, you know, such as this one, which is arson, which was, you know, a number of police stations were burned down across Nigeria. I think it's about 200. Wow. Yeah. So I've reflected that, you know, with my search over here, I've, you know, included attacks on police, 
uh, attacks on government buildings and uh, also businesses were looted as well so so the, you, you kind of mentioned there that there were sort of arson attacks against hmm. police locations were there any casualties associated with these attacks yeah so i believe the figure is about 20 22 police officers were killed right yeah so Uh, so this is a significant escalation mm. um and is likely having a, a deterioration effect on the security situation in Nigeria would that be right? Yeah, it, it did at the time, but uh you know soon after things got really violent, uh the different state governments they implemented uh curfews. Uh so this I think had a further impact on you know business as well. Uh you know so the NNPC depot in Lagos for example, you know that supplies about I think 70% of fuel in Nigeria so there were uh concerns around fuel shortages I, i'm not sure if there were like major fuel shortages maybe acute ones mm-hmm. uh but it, it, yeah there was major disruption and i think a total breakdown on in law law and order so after these curfews came in it sort of uh there was a i think protest the ansars sort of protest lost its momentum right were so, these hours of darkness curfews or uh so in lagos in some states but including in lagos uh, they enforced sort of uh, 24 hour uh, right. curfews i think that uh, remained in place for a couple of days and uh, i think it's only now that we're seeing uh, these curfew hours being reduced mm-hmm. so what's the sort of current situation in relation to protest movement and sort of civil unrest within the country so currently uh the ansars protests are sort of continuing so we've had uh, you know the sort of high level activists still continuing the protest so in abuja for example uh we've seen protests around the police headquarters mm-hmm. just like we saw in the beginning and uh, we've also seen protests at uh, the airport mm-hmm. so i think when we look at the driving factors you know behind this ansars you know protest movement while the primary concerns uh, you know surrounded the disbanding of the unit and police reform as well i think uh, just prior to these protests the we had revolution now protests uh, you know surrounding poor governance and there were they called sorry revolution now revolution right. now yeah so there there also uh, you know that there's latent a lot of latent anger around uh, poor governance mm-hmm. corruption and there's also a lot of anger around uh, Uh, the potential increase in the fuel price and the electricity tra- tariff as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things there to kind of unpack. So in relation to the actual SARS unit, is mm. there any indication that they are going to be disbanded? Uh it's a good question. So after the you know they announced that this unit was uh, to be disbanded, they announced that they'd set up a new uh, unit called the SWAT, so Special Weapons and Tactics. Uh and now uh The, you know the recent protests that we've seen you know around the force headquarters for example and mm-hmm. the uh, the airport in abuja uh we've seen how you know the activists are also demanding the uh, disbanding of that unit as well i guess the, the the issue is unless there's real reform in terms of the professionalization of the police so mm-hmm. that they don't go out there and commit unlawful um acts against the population then this is a situation an issue that's just going to continue and mm. you know by changing the brand of the actual unit unless you actually reform the police there's nothing that's really going to change and we're only going to see further issues of, of police brutality within Nigeria that leads to more movements like this in the future yeah and i think the response you know by the government so far i don't think it's uh, uh given enough you know evidence to all these you know high level activists that you know there there is going to be change mm-hmm. uh so you know for example you know there's been uh, some anger as well recently over the last couple of days surrounding uh 
you know, attempts by the government or there have been certain governors in northern Nigeria who have been calling for uh, greater control over the so- social media, given the role that it played in, uh, you know, sort of mobilizing all these protesters. So do you think there's a potential that they will actually crack down on the use of social media within Nigeria? I think uh, it's maybe too soon to say, but, uh, you know, the indications are that any attempt to do that will, you know, uh, cause large protests, large-scale yeah. protests. Yeah, you mentioned um, this group Revolution Now. So mm. what's sort of their agenda? What's their objectives? So their objectives around, uh, you know, po- poor sort of uh, governance and... Uh, political issues and so we saw the first revolutionary protest i think it was last year september mm-hmm. and again we saw the anniversary protest this year they weren't as large scale but uh i think again you know with you know continued unemployment uh and and these issues still remaining in place and with all the latent sort of uh, anger maybe and frustration that's building in nigeria I think we'll see uh, more protests. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, corruption is such an issue for countries because it just becomes a massive drain on resource because mm. money is just getting filtered off to um, interested parties who are kind of part of this whole corruption mm. protest. Um, the issue being is that you require politicians with the... Um, the motivation to actually reduce corruption, but then you also need the police to be able to actually investigate and um, effectively um, prevent corruption from happening mm. through arrests and, and prosecutions. Um, so it seems for Nigeria, until they actually have the um, the political will as well as the police um, ability to effectively um, interrupt corruption, nothing is ever really going to change. Mm. Um, kind of a wider question is, how much of this protest movement do you think is is fed into by the whole COVID nineteen situation and the the global economic issues that we're seeing? Yeah, so I think you know high levels of youth unemployment. Uh, I think this was existing you know before COVID nineteen. Uh, given the economic impact of COVID nineteen, uh, and you know I think it's lasting effects. I think it's you know it's going to last for a couple of months if you know best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I think with uh, when you know, I look at the oil prices as well, uh, oil doesn't play a you know a huge role in uh, GDP in Nigeria. Uh, I think it's about nine percent. Right. Um, so you know nothing like Algeria. You know the role that plays. So it's it's a diversified economy. Mm-hmm. But you know that you know the poor economic situation compared with the uh, you know poor security situation, as you can see over here. Uh, these are the I think over 2,500 incidents that we've collected so far this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you have like banditry in the northwest. You know, these attacks against civilians, uh, and that's a worsening problem. It's it's also growing f- uh, further south. It's the same within in the northeast with insurgency moving uh, south and towards central areas of Nigeria. Right. So just so, sort of explain to viewers, so, you know, purple icons of criminality, mm. yellow is direct weapons, um, you've got uh, red icons, which are things like hazards, mm. and then sort of northeast of Nigeria, you can see the blue icons that are aviation incidents, I'd imagine they're sort of um, airstrikes against militant groups. Yeah, yeah, so these are all the airstrikes against uh, uh, part of counterterrorism operations that mm-hmm. are ongoing, um, mainly around Sambisa Forest over here, uh, you know, near the Cameroonian border, the Chadian border as well, and uh, around uh, the Lake Chad region over here. Mm -hmm. So just on the previous um, 
visualization you had of the intelligence fusion platform mm. um, showing the sort of end SARS related incidents. The majority are located in the south of the country. So within Nigeria, generally, it's you've got the the rich um, Christian south because that's where the majority of the oil resources yeah. are. And then you've got the poor Islamic north. There's, there isn't many incidents linked to this in the north. So what's the reason for that? So I think the main reason uh, reason for this is like so during the NSARS protest that took place over the last couple of weeks, they're also uh, secure the north sort of protests uh, you know carried out uh, in northern Nigeria, such mm-hmm. as in Kaduna State. And I think because of insecurity, you know, in northern Nigeria, maybe the lack of police presence as well. I mean, there have been cases in the past where you know of police violence as well, police killings, uh, and this has led to protests as well. But uh, I haven't seen any evidence of that, uh, you know, not at least not when compared to southern Nigeria. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think while, you know, issues such as poor governance, uh, corruption, you know, the frustration, frustrations around these issues are sort of, you know, uh, they cross, you know, the different state boundaries in Nigeria. I think each uh, region uh, of Nigeria has their own sort of um Characteristics, you mm-hmm. know, so surrounding protests, especially. And if I had to pick one for North, for Northern Nigeria, I'd say insecurity. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of um, they've got bigger issues than police brutality in the North, um, which is more of a focus for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So at Intelligence Fusion, we, you know, every instant that we record on our platform, we will identify the sector that's been impacted mm. um, by it, and um, because you know it's very much our platform is business focused. So just kind of bringing back um, the topic of the podcast, this NSARS movement. Um, you know, my question is, in terms of the outlook, where do you see this movement going to, and what impact do you think it's going to have on? businesses. You've already mentioned that through um, protest action, they're impacting transport and logistics sector. There's also clearly a lot of violence that's associated with this. They're targeting police forces, which will likely have an impact on the security situation. Um, so yeah, we know more broadly, where do you see the movement going and, and what impact is it going to have on business? Yeah. So because of, you know, the curfews that were imposed and <clears throat> I think threats, maybe you could say violence or, you know, or violence by the government mm-hmm. against protesters. And I think, Looting, especially, uh, I think that sort of uh, sort of impacted the momentum of the NSARS protest. Mm-hmm. But having said that, uh, I think things are still like very tense at the moment. You know, so I think any further police attacks or police killings, uh, you know, of civilians will likely reignite the situation. Yeah. Uh, also, regarding business impact. Uh, did you mean sort of the tactical impact? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, clearly what we're seeing is is incidents which are impacting logistics. So if mm. you're actually trying to transport goods, um, you know, around the country, that's going to be impacted. But, you know, what else is being impacted from a business perspective? Clearly there's a, a whole maritime aspect to Nigeria, mm. which is key. You've got the off- offshore oil drilling that occurs. Um, you know, do, can you see any of this movement sort of impacting more broadly the, the business sector within Nigeria? I think, you know, what what this if you if you were to use you know, the NSARS protest as a case study, I think you know so so Lagos, for example, you know shows that uh, you know if things were to uh, so kick off again, uh, I think we'll see a similar pattern, maybe you know of like you know such the different tactics used by protesters, mm-hmm. uh, you know road blockades, and we've seen where these things you know uh, road blockades or um, 
just protests in general occur. And I think this, you know, for our clients in Nigeria, you know, it shows them how things could sort of evolve again if mm -hmm. they were to kick off, kick off again. Mm -hmm. So if we go back to sort of the 2008 financial crisis, I think the, the real impacts of that wasn't felt for about 18 months afterwards. And then uh, that's in the West, um, what I mean. And then mm -hmm. after that, you sort of had the impact against um, you know, more developing nations that rely on trade with the West. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, COVID has been very much different in terms of you've just had this, this significant halt of the global economy. So things seem to be a lot more quicker that they're having an impact. So it seems likely looking at Nigeria that as the economic situation um, further begins to bite in the West, that's then going to start to bite the Nigerian economy more heavily. Mm. And there's the potential for greater unrest um, going forward and either you know, a growth in the NSARS movement, or perhaps it's just another issue that comes through um, from perhaps police or military action mm. or politician, um, you know, and, and what's happening from a political perspective within the country. So, I think, you know, the recent protests have really shown that, uh, you know, they're sort of unprecedented in a way that, we, you know, we haven't seen protests like this in Nigeria for a long time. So I think it's going to remain in the minds of uh, a lot of youth, you know, especially that have taken part in, in the protests. Now, with, you know, any future presidential election, I'm sure, you know, uh, this will be fresh on, you know, on a lot of people who protested, you know, who took part in these protests. I'm mm -hmm. sure it will be fresh on their minds mm -hmm. during that election. Mm -hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, even during these protests, you know, we saw uh, attacks on not just government buildings, but also uh, the APC, you know, offices of the APC and the PDP, which is the opposition. Right. Um, I don't know if this was, you know, directly linked to uh, the NSARS protests or if this was just sort of, uh, you know, existing political tension that sort of escalated, mm -hmm. you know, during these protests. Or, and also... Uh, you know, over the past couple of days, uh, you know, the police, such as in Abuja or, and also in other areas, have sort of, because of the recent attacks on police, uh, we've seen a rise in criminality uh, that has been reported in, uh, you know, at least two cities. Uh, and in Abuja, for example, um, because the road traffic police, you know, because they've sort of abandoned their uh, positions, maybe out of fear, of being attacked again, uh, you know. So just recently, there were there was like a lot of travel disruption in Abuja. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, in the short term, you know, over the next couple of weeks, uh, this m might be a problem. Uh, so we might just see an increase in criminality. But politically, I think uh, there will be continued pressure on uh, President Buhari to act, uh, not just on police reform, but also on governance issues. Given that you know the different uh, <clears throat> sort of civil society organizations and different activists, you know, that have been involved uh, as part of this movement. Um, I think it just shows that, you know, the driving factors are, they go beyond police reform yeah. and into governance as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, without any change, you know, in the coming months or any positive indications, probably, I think we'll see continued tension. And when there's continued tension, uh, you know, it just, we just, just need to sort of, you know, one incident of maybe a police killing, just like how we saw in Ugeli, to, you know, for things to sort of de degenerate again.
And we'll be monitoring these incidents um, in detail from our 24-7 operations centre here in the northeast of England. Um, thanks so much for your time today, Viraj, in covering that with us. Um, if you liked our podcast, please like, share and subscribe and comment in the comment section. Um, and we'll see you next time on The Insight.